0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of Setting the Scene. My name is Michael. I'm the podcast director and project director here at the pre-med scene. Um, Today we're also joined by our co-host Fatima and a new guest Madeline for our 26th overall episode and our first episode in our new series, The Community College Route as a Pre-Med. We'll be discussing all about community college. It's sometimes taken with a stigma in the pre-med community. We'll be talking exactly what that's like from the perspective of a student who has been through community college. And uh, Madeline right now is in the application cycle. So she has like a lot of insight to give um, and a little insight also about the early stages of the a- application cycle that she's now in. But before we start, I just wanted to open up with a quick introduction. Could you give just a short brief summary about yourself, Madeline, to the audience listening in?
1: Of
2: course. Hello, everyone. My name is Madeline. and After graduating from high school, I attended two different community colleges. I spent two years at Ventura College and three years at Santa Barbara City College. I then transferred to University of California, Los Angeles in the fall of 2019, where I earned my bachelor's of science in molecular cell and developmental biology and minored in society and genetics. I just finished the first out of two gap years and I have been working as a Mohs surgery histology technician at different dermatology clinics and I'm applying to medical school in this cycle and I'm currently working on my secondary applications. Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Definitely, we definitely wish you the best of success with that application. We know secondary season is pretty tough. So, (laughs) um, And not only to mention that, but also the interviews. So best of luck, um, best wishes with that. We want to start and open this up with the reasons behind why you went to community college at first. That's sometimes what pops up in a person's mind? Why was it community college that you went to first? Could you answer for us that question? Sometimes it's financial reasons that people go to. That's the most common thought. Was there anything outside of that?
2: Yeah. So for me personally, um, financial reasons were a part of it, but i had actually, I'd had an injury in high school that made me miss a lot of school and my grades dropped a bit. So even though I'd always wanted to be a doctor, my confidence was a bit shaken and I just didn't feel ready to go to a four-year university right out of high school. So I enrolled at my local community college and I also began working as a substitute paraeducator or teachers in special education classrooms. Because of that, I was interested in um, medicine again and looking up the different symptoms underlying my students' disabilities. And this really reignited my passion for medicine. So after that, I then transferred to another community college that was a little bit more pre-med focused and I spent three years there completing my transfer requirements.
0: Sounds good. You mentioned your your position as um, a, a teacher for for students with disabilities being the reason why you caught another caught again your interest for medicine. Outside of that, were there any other extracurriculars you partake in during your time at community college?
2: Yeah, there were a lot of uh, different extracurriculars. So I think that's something um, one of the myths around community colleges is that there's not a lot of resources available. But I personally thought there were. Um, plenty of opportunities to get involved with pre-med extracurriculars. So one thing that I was involved with at Santa Barbara City College was being a tutor. And um, I think being a tutor is a really wonderful extracurricular for pre-med students because it shows that not only do you have a master of the material, but um, it also demonstrates soft skills such as being able to communicate with others and being able to speak in public. So medical schools really value those traits and look highly on students that have been tutors. Another um, another really unique extracurricular I was involved with was being in the human dissection team. So at uh, Santa Barbara City College, the anatomy lab classroom had a program where they would receive a donated human cadaver at the beginning of each semester. And students who performed well were able to um, apply to become dissectors. So through that experience, I gained some really in-depth anatomical knowledge. And then also I had an opportunity to work with the scalpel and begin honing those skills. And then, just those were my two uh, main experiences at community college, but I know friends that were involved with EMT programs, um, working in student government, and then there's just a lot of general volunteer uh, opportunities in the community, like working at hospitals, local clinics, or doing um, food banks, etc. cetera.
0: You mentioned the reasoning behind transferring to your second community college is being more pre-med oriented was it to do with anything that expanded on the resources or was it just the classes?
2: So it was a little bit of both. Uh, At Santa Barbara City College, I did notice that there was more of a um, pre-med community, so to speak. A lot of the students that were involved in the uh, biology classes were focused on going into pre-med and becoming physicians. So I valued that. And then also, as I was saying before, there was that human um, dissection program, which was part of the greater biomedical coursework at Santa Barbara City College. So I think that just in between my two community colleges, um, Ventura College was great, but it didn't have as much of a um, biomedical focus as Santa Barbara City College did. So that was part of my reason for transferring community colleges.
0: Another question that people might raise about a pre-med atmosphere in the community college environment is mentorship, advising. Were those resources also available?
2: Yes, yeah, so that's a, that's a great um, point. I will say that that was something that I do feel like community college students do struggle with a bit. Um, I did hear some conflicting information from counselors when I was enrolling in certain classes, for example, calculus classes. Um, Santa Barbara City College had a biology-focused calculus uh, track, and then there was also just a more general calculus track for um, engineering students. There was a little bit of um, confusion about which Calculus, I should take, and luckily I ended up doing the um, the one that was a more general engineering focused, and that allowed me to transfer to more schools. So I think at community college, students really do have to be um, advocates for themselves and do some research on what classes are going to be able to transfer. Luckily, there's a lot of websites that will give you that information, um, and then also there's a lot of nonprofits and just other, um, you know, I feel like there's more of a push to get. Uh, clarity and advising outside of just the programs themselves.
0: Definitely. So there's two moves that would have happened between going to your first community college to your second, and then from that community college on to four-year university. In that first transfer from one community college to another, was there any learning curve that you saw with adjusting to the rigor of classes or adjusting to the general environment, the student population?
2: Yes. So... When I was at my first community college, I still hadn't really decided on going into medicine. So my coursework was a little bit more uh, general. I was taking classes with the intent of becoming a teacher, and I was able to take a lot of humanities classes. Versus once I transferred to Santa Barbara City College, then my, um, my focus became very pre-med oriented. And that involved completing all my um, transfer requirements to go on to a university. So there was an adjustment uh, just going from more humanities based coursework to uh, science-based coursework and to kind of navigate that I did lean into a lot of the resources at the community college luckily there was a tutoring center where I was able to go and get um, help on some of my my math classes in particular were a source of struggle at the beginning I hadn't taken a math class since high school so I was feeling um, a little bit of pressure there and that's just something I really do recommend for all uh, community college students is take advantage of the resources and look into if your school has a tutoring lab or a math lab, or um, even there's STEM and MESA programs where you're able to get more um, help on if you're struggling with certain classes.
0: Part of the stigma that comes with community college is about the reputation behind it. A lot of times, and this is posted on the page for many medical schools when they talk about prerequisites, that they don't encourage community college coursework. So have you found that reputation now in the application cycle? I'm sure that you've done some research and you'll see the results at the end, but from this point that you've gathered your information, do you feel like this reputation has made much of an impact? Is it a heavily weighted factor in the process?
2: So I've heard a lot about this bias and it was actually something that did scare me at the beginning of my um, my academic journey. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to go anywhere um, having gone to a community college. I will say that as I've gone through, um, I've realized more and more that this does seem to be a myth for a lot of schools, not for everywhere. It really does differ. Uh, That being said, what I found personally is that state schools, for example, I live in California and most of the University of California schools really do look, um, are very accepting of community college credits and even um, value them in a certain way, just coming from a, a, Non-traditional academic background gives students unique insights that they may not may not have if they um, do the four-year track. So it gives you, as long as you own your story and use it as an opportunity to grow, um, I feel like a lot of schools do value that. And also, just another thing that I've noticed is if you're if you've transferred and you know if you've done well at community college and maintained good grades and then transfer onto a four-year university and receive good grades in all of your um, upper division science courses, that shows that you have a mastery of the material regardless of where your earlier classes were. So I think it's important once you transfer to maintain a high GPA and show that you really do understand the material just as well as somebody who had taken their lower division courses at a a four-year institution.
0: Yeah, those are some definitely great points in terms of carrying on your, your, uh, like you pointed out, your GPA, making sure that once you do make that transfer, you prove on that you can still maintain the same uh, quality of work. We've discussed a lot about the stigma, the reputation, just like we did now. Outside of what we've discussed, are there any other misconceptions that students in the general pre-med population might have about community college?
2: Yes, so I've, I think, um... There's a lot of myths. I, I even when I transferred, I did hear stigma just from non from my more traditional uh, peers, people who had been at the um, the college before, and I would hear little remarks saying that it you know it wasn't as difficult or that community college is the easy way or um, transfer students. I, I remember somebody telling me it was meant to be a compliment. Oh, I had no idea you were a transfer student. You're s- so smart, and I thought, oh okay, well I'm you know I appreciate the compliment, but also that's a little. A lot, most transfer students are pretty smart. I think that there's a misconception that um, it's an easier way. And I really, I just, I try to fight against that. And I would try to um, make a point to have people know that I was a transfer student and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that being at, at UCLA, I noticed that some of my lower division courses had over 500 people, or some of the lower division classes had 500 students in them, like the general physics or chemistry classes. And I was really fortunate to have the experience to be in a smaller class where I was able to form a connection with my professor and um, really get to know my classmates in a way that I don't know if students in larger classes are able to. So I think it just ties down the academics themselves, the rigor. It's very similar. I found that it was similar across my um, from community college to UCLA. And I think there's benefits to both and students should just really be open to doing what works best for their personal situation. If they wanna go straight to a four year, if they wanna go to community college and just be open to what works for them. Cause at the end of the day, you're gonna succeed no matter what.
0: Yeah, we've seen this as a general theme throughout all of our episodes thus far, even in different series, um, grit, resilience, through the whole process, it does prove in the end. Exactly. You're part of an organization called Pre-Med CC, and not many students might be familiar with resources in general from community college. The idea of having a community college that has more pre-med oriented resources mm-hmm. might even be a new idea to some. So being part of this community, being part of this organization, specifically tailored to the pre-med community college population, what has your impact, experience, and inspiration been like for it?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of Pre-Med CC. Um, I joined a year ago when the organization was first founded, um, founded and I remember seeing a recruitment email and just being so excited that somebody was creating um, this resource for students. Because as I was saying earlier, it is a little bit difficult even at my community college where um, there were so many resources, it was still difficult to get advising. And I feel like that's one of the, um, the issues that a lot of community colleges are working on so at pre-med cc we host uh deans of admissions for medical schools we've primarily been focused on california medical schools but we are branching out we um, had johns hopkins university of arizona um, just to name a few so there we have the actual deans of admissions who give advice about what schools are looking for and why they value community colleges and why as i was saying earlier why they value the diverse experiences and insights that you gain by having a non-traditional academic journey. And one thing, um, another thing that I've noticed is we've had counselors from community colleges joining in to get advice on what to tell their um, pre-med students. So I think that's a wonderful opportunity. And in regards to advising, it's nice to actually hear from the deans of admissions themselves and hear the advice that they have for students. So
0: looking back on these years of community college from both both colleges are there any things that you would have done differently reflecting on it
2: yeah it's as I was saying I did after high school um when I enrolled in my first community college I my confidence was shaken and I had struggled um academically at the end of my high school career and felt I I just felt like I wasn't capable of being a doctor and looking back on that it makes me sad that I let imposter syndrome Get in the way. Now, that being said, I really did gain some valuable insights um, while I was at my first community college and while I was working with students in um, special education classrooms and wanting to be a teacher. I learned a lot about myself and I overcame that doubt. So, I think overcoming self doubt was a really important part of my story and is part of what's going to make me a great doctor one day. So, although I I wish I had been a little bit nicer to myself and I wish I had, would have had more patience. I understand that um, it's all part of the journey. And I don't think I'd change anything if I if I could.
1: And so in addition to your more non-traditional path of transferring from one community college to another, and then going on to a four-year university. You also took additional gap years. And outside of extracurricular involvements, how do you feel those gap years have helped you in your journey towards medicine?
2: I really, I really value gap years. I think that um, it gives you an opportunity to learn a lot about yourself. I, um, one of the deans of admissions from UC Davis, actually, she had mentioned that she sees gap years as enrichment years. So I think it gives you an opportunity, especially for students that have been at a four-year, their entire uh, academic journey has been at a four-year university. I think having gap years gives you a chance to mature a bit. That was um, something that I walked away from my gap years or my, um, at the beginning, I kind of considered my first two years in the humanities to be almost a gap year in a way because I was working and I was able to um, become familiar with the professional environment and how to work as a member of a team um, with adults, which can be difficult if you're just working with fellow students. So I think it gave me um, some, definitely gave me a a more professional readiness and professional attitude. And then it also allowed me to mature. So I think, honestly, I really do think that gap years are beneficial to everyone. And um, I think there's a lot to learn during that time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you also talked a little bit about um, your work teaching kids with disabilities during your time in community college. Would you say that that work has had an impact on your interest of specialty that you're deciding to pursue?
2: Definitely. So when I was um, when I was first uh, deciding to pursue medicine again, I really was focused on pediatrics. I had been working with uh, children for so long, and I was really interested in developmental um, childhood development and, um, you know, I was seeing what would happen when there were certain disabilities in that regards. So I was really interested in working with kids and I, I did want to focus on working with children with autism, but as my pre-med journey um, continued, I, actually, I was exposed to a lot of different uh, specialties. So for example, as I was working as a human dissector, I was learning about surgery and getting to use um, scalpels and be involved with the surgical aspects of uh, medicine. So that was really interesting. And now during my gap year, I'm working as in dermatology clinics and gaining a lot of exposure to um, dermatology. So it's it's difficult for me to um, to identify one specific path. And I've heard this from physicians before where they say, try to keep an open mind. You're gonna be exposed to so many aspects of medicine when you're in your rotations. And it's important to try to keep an open mind. So as much as I love working with children and I, I do still think that that, um, at somehow I, I do want to be working with kids eventually but I am trying to keep a more open mind in what specific specialty I end up in.
1: And so you're currently in the application process what do you think has led you to the point where you now feel that you are comfortable applying?
2: Yes so I actually um, I was planning on applying the previous cycle when I was at UCLA, my plan was to take the MCAT in the summer between my junior and senior year, and then um, apply during that time, during the, um, the summer after I graduated. But as I was, unfortunately, as I said, I transferred to UCLA in fall of 2019, and then COVID did hit in um, March of 2020, as we all know. So that really did limit my opportunities to clinical experiences. And because of that, I decided to postpone my um, application cycle so that I could have a full year of working in a clinical environment and gaining clinical experiences before I sent in my application. So that was one, um, one major thing is that I did end up pushing back my application cycle just to get more experience. And I think that's part of why I value gap years. They give you an opportunity to gain those experiences that are difficult to find. I, I do think it's getting better now um, that restrictions are being eased, but um, it was it was difficult for people to find clinical opportunities during the height of the pandemic. So that was um, that was one reason that I decided to push back my uh, my year. Another thing that I feel like community college students might not be aware of is that the MCAT, um, if they want to be matriculating to medical school immediately after they graduate, they really do need to be taking the MCAT um, earlier than they might realize. So personally, when I transferred um, to UCLA, I was shocked to realize that practically all of my peers had already taken the MCAT that summer, the summer in between sophomore and junior year because that gave them a full summer to study for the MCAT before um, applying in the, um, the summer between their junior and senior year. So that's just something I do wanna throw out for community college students is that uh, to look into the MCAT, especially if they don't wanna be taking um, gap years is to do some research on when the best time to take the MCAT for will be for them, whether that's the summer in between sophomore and junior year when they're transferring or if that's in the late spring of their junior year and um, while they're still enrolling classes.
1: And so the Casper test is now another requirement for <laughs> applying to medical school. So what was your experience like taking the Casper test?
2: Yes, the Casper test. That was, that was different than um, what I was expecting. I, some of the schools that I was very interested in did require the Casper test. So um, I signed up for it and I took it probably, I, I believe it was two weeks ago that I took the Casper exam. I would recommend um, signing up for it earlier rather than later, that was a mistake on my part, so I ended up taking the CASPER exam at the beginning of July, which was wasn't a bad time, but um, I wish I would have had it done earlier, probably in May or June of my application cycle, that way schools would have my scores um, earlier rather than later. So sign up early for the CASPER exam and then also I spent a lot of time uh, looking up uh, online forums to get advice on how to study for the Casper and people were saying to research this list of bioethics. So I spent probably about two days just going through everything on this website and looking up all the bioethics. And then when I took the practice exam, I realized, wait a minute, there's nothing about (laughs) that bioethics page on um, the Casper exam. So I would, really recommend focusing on the actual resources that the Alta Suite provides for you. So there's practice exam, definitely do the practice exam. And then another um, piece of advice that I found really useful was to research common interview questions, like uh, talk about a difficult situation you had at work or discuss your strengths and weaknesses and how you respond to stress. So um, just find those sorts of interview type questions and then practice typing out your answers to them. Come up with, little with stories about them, and then practice typing them as quickly as you possibly can because being able to type quickly is a really, it'll help you quite a bit on the CASPER exam. Um, So that's another thing. If you're struggling with typing, focus on typing out little stories. I I would time myself to see if I could get as much as I needed to, you know, six sentences or, or more in a minute and a half. So just practice typing.
1: And lastly, clinical experiences um, can be very hard to find for some uh, pre-medical students, whether that's because of the location they live in or maybe their university doesn't have those kinds of opportunities. How did you go about finding your own clinical work at a dermatology practice?
2: Yes, so after I graduated, I initially I was looking for more um, traditional clinical jobs, such as working as a medical assistant or um, being involved with direct to patient care. Unfortunately, um, what most of what I was finding at that time was requiring certification and I did not have any certification. So that really did make it difficult for me to find um, a position that fit into the, what I imagined a clinical job to be. So I kind of opened up my, um, I kind of broadened into my search a bit and I started looking at laboratory jobs just because I needed to be able to afford an apartment. So I needed to find a job quickly. And while I was looking through um, laboratory jobs, I did find my position, which is a Mohs surgery histology technician. So I am working in a laboratory, but I'm working directly with dermatolo- um, dermatological surgeons. So Mohs is a special surgery for skin cancer and it needs to be processed in a laboratory and um, like in real time while the patient is waiting in the next room. So. It's a unique experience that allows me to be a part of um, the surgical team and it's a very high stakes environment and I'm working with doctors and I also get to talk to the patients a bit. So I think I would recommend for people to broaden their horizons a little bit and maybe go outside the box. Um, I've already, you know, I'm already speaking so much about my own job and meeting with advisors. And um, uh, I've met with a couple of deans and my jobs has come up before. so I. I think looking outside the box and moving away from the traditional medical assistant or scribe can be really worthwhile and can give you um, a unique story to talk about during your application and during interviews. And then also um, another thing to think about is a lot of community college programs do offer certification programs. So if you're interested in the future and working as an EMT or as a medical assistant, uh, most community colleges do have some sort of program available and that's a really, um, That'd be a really wonderful way to get that certification while you're still at the community college level. That way, once you transfer, you can immediately find a job as an EMT or um, go into during your gap year, um, be able to apply for those sorts of jobs.
0: I wanted to quickly ask, knowing that you are now in the application cycle in the secondary season, just around May or when you initially started applying, were there any things that you found, you know, surprising that you caught you off guard in terms of what was new to the application? Um, like things that you didn't necessarily expect that you think others should hear about?
2: Yeah, there were a few things that, um, you know, the application I did realize it really is geared in a way more towards traditional students. Um, that was something that I noticed, but. It's not, it hasn't been, um, it hasn't been a hindrance, like holding me back at all. It's just, there's been some quirks that I've noticed as my application's been processed. Uh, I think a big one is, as I stated before, I did end up spending five years at the community college level. And uh, on AMCAS, it when you're inputting, inputting your coursework, it asks you to list the courses as being freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. And because I had seven years total of undergrad, that my, my journey did not look um, like a neat freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. So I tried to organize things to the best of my ability. But um, as my application was being processed and verified, it came back where it was sorted. Um, my first year was freshman, my second year was sophomore, my third year was junior, and then everything else. Um, all, you know, the remaining, what would that have been? The remaining four years were all lumped into my senior year. And that was pretty much all of my um, pre-medical coursework happened during what they considered my senior year. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but it was definitely interesting um, and something I didn't expect. So I have, I think it put over a hundred units of coursework in just my senior year, which was kind of funny. Um, another thing that came up often was Ws. So community colleges, um, at, while I was at community college, I did receive a number of Ws during my first two years. and it is something that I do have to talk about during my secondaries and um, on my application itself. So I think it's just something to keep in mind. I'm, I was worried about um, the amount of W's that I had if they would hold me back, but I just have found that I'm being honest about them and I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. Schools really do value seeing an upward trend and um, it's pretty clear that I just wasn't quite ready yet at the, those first two years because the rest of my, uh, my transcripts look fine.
0: So I know that you've had quite a bit of, you know, like you said, seven years of undergrad, um, and you emphasize the upward trend as being obviously something that medical schools look for when you know the first or second um, mm-hmm. year might not go well. But for those who might not have had such a great trend in their undergraduate years, have you seen success with those taking masters or S.M.P. or postback? Uh, degrees, maybe just graduate courses in general, after having taken community college courses, just to prove that they're able to match up to that level of coursework?
2: Yes, I've seen that. I have, um, I've definitely seen that. I have friends right now that are taking um, master's programs in order to be a little bit more of a competitive applicant. And I think that's, most schools look pretty highly on that. I actually had a friend um, at community college who had gone to UC Berkeley and received his um, degree in history and didn't have the best GPA. He wasn't super confident about it. So he um, enrolled at Santa Barbara City College and was taking his, um, his pre-medical coursework, the traditional biology, physics, chemistry, all those classes that he would need to apply to medical school. And he just got accepted into Tulane. He's doing great. He finished his first year of medical school. So I've seen firsthand that you can use, um, if you're from an, uh, a more humanities-based background or if you went to a four-year for humanities or if you didn't have as good of a GPA um, you can come to a community college and they'll accept those classes taken as a post back I've also heard from students um, of admissions that they they value post back programs and they really focus on that trend so even if your' um, your time during undergrad wasn't the best and you didn't receive the most competitive grades that you know and you want to improve, back programs are definitely a, um, a viable option, whether at, they're at a community college or whether they're um, an official program from a university.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear, especially being that coursework is one of the, if not only the, major concern when it comes to community college. Mm-hmm. I think that really wraps up today's episode. Thank you again so much for joining us. We really enjoyed it. This is our first one in this series, and we're going to hopefully have many more to come. Um, It's a series that tackles a subject not many people will talk about. So we're glad to have uh, a guest here to explain her experience, talk about it. Again, thank you so much, Madeline, for joining us. And to our audience, thank you for listening to another episode of Setting the Scene. This is an example of one series we have, but we have many others. That includes another called Dual Degrees in Medicine, where we have physicians from MD, MPH, MD, PhD, MD, MBA, Um, and other backgrounds who join us talk about their journeys, uh, their considerations in being dual degree specialists. And we have a series of other dual degree or other series in general that uh, are included within the podcast. So feel free to browse through, take a listen. If you want to be tuned in with future episodes, just check us out every other
1: Friday when we publish. Um, That's our publishing schedule and we look forward to having you there.